listening to Radio Owl's Nest. The songs of Martin Page, all day, all night, forever. So grab a cup of tea, settle down with us in the Owl's Nest. Now that's not a new demo by me. That's not one of my songs. It's the end of the year show for the Owlheads. Thank you for joining me. Um, there's no snow where I am. I'm talking to you from Encino, just outside Los Angeles. It's 83 bloody degrees. No sign of snow, I'm afraid. But I am so thrilled to be here speaking to you at the end of the year show. I think it's episode 5,221 and a half. I think it's episode 38, if I'm mathematically right. I was terrible at school for math, so do not trust me. It's, it's strange, isn't it? These, these Christmas songs, they're played with Hawaiian guitars. I don't think there's too much snow in Hawaii. And uh, it does feel a bit like The Shining. I, I, it's, it's a bit eerie, isn't it? Anyway, I chose that to start this uh, end-of-year show. It just felt like a Christmas thing to do. I really want to make this show interesting. And uh, I want to go back into... Oh, Igor! Oh, it's so emotional to hear your voice again. Could you just do that one more time? Oh, so sexy. So sexy. Thank you, Igor. You are big and bouncy still. Yes, he's a big lad, isn't he? So I thought, end of the year, yes, a Christmas show. What can we do that's just a little teeny bit different to what we've been doing all year? Uh, (laughs) Not much. No, I think we can. I'm going to play you songs that are really, 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 and for the fourth time, really incredibly rare. Um, I thought I'm going to go real deep here and play you stuff that I had to really search for. Uh, Every now and then, as you know, I still have my uh, veteran iPod. Some tracks appear and I go, I didn't realise I had that at all. And I thought in this show, uh, even though you may loathe some of these songs, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to play you some of the stuff I might not have played you uh, if my mind was right. But it's Christmas and my mind is full of celebrating the weirdest stuff in the world. And I think this whole show should be filled with Dickens kind of surprises. And as the creaking door of the vault opens, let me tell you about the first song I want to play you. It's written with Bernie Taupin, and it's called Welcome to the Retro Hip. It was a song I was writing for my second uh, album, uh, In the Temple of the Muse. And it didn't make it onto the record. Um, but listening back now, I can hear all the elements that were making me quite excited about this track. I was very influenced at that time by the Beatles again. And you know how it is with the Beatles. They keep on influencing you uh, as time passes. Every uh, one year, two year, three year, you discover them again. And the p- particular song, I Am the Warrus, I grew up loving that track. I think it was a B-side to Hello Goodbye. I might be wrong there, but... I Am The Warrus had a very interesting kind of chromatic chord sequence and I wanted to experiment with that that sequence. And uh, Bernie had sent me this lyric, Welcome to the Retro Hip. Very odd, very interesting. And even now, listening back to his lyrics, I think it was a pretty special and innovative lyric. Now, on that album, In the Temple of the Muse, I had the great fortune to work with Jimmy Copley, the wonderful drummer uh, that we lost, and Neil Taylor, uh, his best friend, great guitarist. And so in the live recording studios uh, at American Studios in the Valley, we, we cut this track live. And uh, that's what I'm going to play you now. It really is just the live recording. Um, uh, it's a demo still. It was the beginning. And uh, also, Bernie Torpen came down to the studio to hear the roughs as we were making them. And I remember him saying to me, this sounds like the jam. I dig this. This sounds like the jam. I don't mean the jam you put on your bread. Uh, I'm talking about the jam the band with Paul Weller as a guitarist. I think Bernie could hear that uh, mod uh, Beatles kind of-esque thing happening. So let me play it to you. Never heard before. Absolutely a Christmas gift. This is called... Welcome to the Retro Hip. Welcome to the Retro Hip. 
that on the end of year show great stuff uh, did you hear jimmy copley's drums did you hear his kick drum i mean my god what a drummer and uh, neil taylor's guitars reminded me a lot of the smiths and what they were doing around that era johnny marr uh, excuse the rough mix it's what we took off of the board the day we finished the uh, live tracking uh, i'm particularly happy with the bass it's a mixture of paul mccartney meeting i think slow and the family stone well that's what i was trying anyway I'm reminded my manager always tells me about the time we played this uh, rough mix to uh, a publisher, a chapel publishing. I was at chapel publishing and they were looking for songs to run. And when we played this song to uh, the lady that was sat there, I won't mention names, she said, can you play us something worse? This is too musical. We need something worse to work with. Ah, the music business. Hello, Bootsy. This is the Queen from Buckingham Palace. I'm putting together the honours list and I would like to knight you, Sir Bootsy. Oh, I'm so proud of that moment. Brings me to tears. So proud that our Bootsy, the mascot cat at home, the philosopher cat, was knighted by the Queen. (laughs) Continuing with our very unusual demos never heard uh, in uh, space or time before... 
this is a great track I wrote with the great Chris Sutton called You Can Tear It From My Heart. quarter-inch analog tape demo done in my house, Crescent Heights, Los Angeles, becoming quite a famous little house where I did all my early demos. A song called You Can't Tear It From My Heart with uh, Chris Sutton. The demo, the original demo that went on to his album eventually on Polyador Records called Chris Sutton. If you've heard a few of my earlier shows, I rave about this singer that has gone into obscurity. Uh, I thought he was going to be really one of the biggest stars that I'd worked with. Um, He made a record with... uh Dennis Lambert here in America very slick record very slick album and I think it was too slick um, so I was very pleased to play these demos to you uh, of his uh, the original work with me because I think there you catch the fantastic range 
and the uh, beautiful sense of melody that this lad had. Um, I wrote the chords or the music and he uh, did the melodies and uh, the lyrics. He was pretty special to work with and a bit of an enigma because we can't really find out too much about him. But uh, nice to play that demo. Um, Definitely a blast from the past. The owl is a specialized hunting machine. Its talons are zygodactyl, two in front, two in back, and their grip is the strongest of the raptors. 500 pounds per square inch, eight times stronger than the human. Ah, uh, the owl man, the owl man. Uh, we've had the owl man for three years, and I must admit, I've learned a lot about owls. Thank you, Mr. Owlman. Hi, I'm the guy who plays drums behind Martin Page. Oh, I love Q-Fall. Trevor, I love Trevor. And let me tell you, it sucks. The hours are long and the pay is lousy. <laughs> but anyway, you're listening to Radio Owl's Nest with Martin Page. Good luck. Uh, made my heart warm. Continuing with the rare demos, extremely rare. This is a track from the 90s, uh, first time played. A demo called Back to Life. Yeah, you can run. Yeah, you can run. Baby, just run. Back to life Never give up Baby for love Yeah you can run Back to life A cold wind blows across your soul How do you mend a broken heart You never knew you could feel so Come back to life when things are tough 
When you're outside reality, you have to come back into the light. You have to come back to life. Integrity has no need of rules, according to Camus. Therefore, a philosopher cat should be allowed on the counter if he desires. Shooing me away reveals your selfish attempt to keep all the turkey for yourself. Ah, Bootsy. Or is that the catnip speaking? It's true, it's true. Every cat should be able to get onto the dinner table or the counter and get as much turkey as he bloody well wants. Right. Now, I could not resist this. Listen to the wind there. This is the demo of a song called Adventures of the Heart, written with Maurice White of Earth, Wind and Fire and with Brian Fairweather. This is the demo, and I thought, I just knew at Christmas... We need to hear Maurice White's voice.
So, every now and then, I can't even speak. It brought back so many memories, uh, working with Maurice White, Earth, Wind & Fire's leader. Uh, we, that demo was done in the valley, just with me and Brian and Maurice with a drum machine, and me and Brian playing bass and guitars and everything else, and Maurice doing those vocals, which are so inspiring. Um, it really moved me to hear that. Perfect at Christmas, because um, when I was working with Earth, Wind & Fire, Maurice White made a journey to my house when I was renting a house <laughs> on Crescent Heights, and he knocked on the door, and my mum was a big fan, and he came in and gave her a present. And I thought, what a what a wonderful human being he is. But now, now getting back to the music, uh, listen to his phrasing. This is a drummer, a drummer who sings, and so and there's so much sunshine in his vocals, so much lifting spirit. Uh, his phrasing is so funky and so uplifting that I think um, he made Earth, Wind & Fire bigger than life and bigger than the world and so uh, so inspiring to everybody. Uh, hearing that really moved me. Anyway, for Christmas, uh, <laughs> that's my present uh, to myself. That's my present to myself, listening to Maurice White sing again because when he sang, everything changed inside your heart. How do you follow that? Well, you don't. That was lovely to hear Maurice White singing again. But here is a demo written with Cliff Magnus called The Children, recorded by Starship. Very proud of this demo. Skin upon a face 
right at the centre point of this uh, end of year show. Two uplifting songs, I think, that really blended quite well together. Adventures of the Heart, I wrote with Maurice White and Brian Fairweather, and uh, that was going to go on to Maurice White's first solo album. It actually went on the deluxe version. And this is The Children. Uh, I think they they matched each other quite well. Um, wrote that with Cliff Magnus, a demo we did, was eventually recorded by Starship on, on an album called No Protection. Thank you, Mickey Thomas. And uh, we thought when we were writing it, ah, uh, this might be a Michael Jackson kind of thing um but it was really good that it was picked up quite quickly by uh, mickey thomas because i think he really got the soul of what we were trying to say so uh two uplifting demos at the end of your show midpoint thank you, thank you. no thank you it's lovely when you you appreciate the uh, pacing of this show thank you very much charity charity charity, charity. no no it's not a charity show but if you want to send in any any donations of course um, I, won't, I won't stop you that did sound a bit like a Christian evangelist show, didn't it? You know, send those donations in now, and you will be saved. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's Christmas. I'll try and be controlled. Anyway, at the midpoint of the show, um, I used to I used to always do a quiz, but that sent a lot of people to the asylums, and um, it wasn't healthy for people. So I felt very guilty about that. But um, <laughs> instead of the quiz, I, I like to try and now tell you something that, but you might not know about me. No, I'm not an evangelist preacher, no. But I thought I might enlighten a few of you of my uh, football career that started at a very early age. Um, I was a fanatic for football like I am now for music. And it's not always that you get uh, sportsmen becoming musicians, I suppose. I mean, we've got the Rod Stewarts, whatever. And um, I know he was a big footballer. And of course, Robbie Williams, who I was playing with, uh, they all love the game. Um, but my... Uh, career in football started really when I was 14. I was addicted to football from about 11 years old, lived in Southampton and at 14 years old <clears throat> I was chosen for Southampton uh, under 15 schoolboy team and um, I played for all my my school teams at centre forward and I was score, scoring something like 40 goals a season and when I became uh, 16 year, 15 years old actually um, Southampton schoolboys under 16s uh, took me on. I was made captain and within my first three games against the New Forest, then Bournemouth in Midhants and Reading schoolboys, I scored four or five goals um, and two at the Dell, the old Dell of Southampton, because the Southampton schoolboys were playing in this English schoolboys championship. That was a big thrill, one with my head and one with my feet in both ends, Milton End and Archer's End. Uh, you know, you don't forget things like that. And then I was playing for Hampshire schoolboys under 16s and um, and then I went for England trials at under 16 level. Um, away, I think it was in Berkshire somewhere, and out of about 50 kids, um, four were chosen to go on to Bisham Abbey. Um, and I was one of those lucky four. Bisham Abbey was the place where they were grooming the English schoolboys football team. And that was a hell of an experience, being at Bisham Abbey, where the uh, English football team who won the 1966 World Cup were based. Uh, and it was a really fantastic uh, area uh, of playing fields, uh, with, a, with the Thames, I believe, running through, or a great big river. It was so beautiful. But the doors, all the doors in Bisham Abbey were small, because back then, you know, when this building was uh, built, they were all three foot one. So I was always hitting my head <laughs> on the door. Maybe that's why I didn't get through. Uh, but I was chosen for a final trial game uh, to pick the England schoolboys. It was the south of England, or I was in that team, against the north of England. And um, somewhere up, I think, in Wigan, the most awful place you could play, it was a rugby ground and it was raining. What would you expect? I didn't have a particularly good game and I wasn't selected into the last 22. <laughs> I'll never get over that. Uh, but anyway, I um, came back and played for Southampton Youth at the age of 17. And we won, a, won this, the Hampshire Cup. And then, out of the blue, um, I was playing for a team called Netley Central after I'd come back from America, just for fun. And John McGrath, who was a, a Southampton centre-half himself, a really strong man, had, uh, came from Newcastle. He played for England a couple of times, I believe. And uh, he spotted me playing at the age of 17, and he uh, came to my house, and I went upstairs and hid away in the bedroom because he was talking to my father and my mother about becoming an apprentice. And my dad really wanted me to. And my mum said, I'm not sure about it. He always keeps on coming back with broken noses and concussion. Uh, but anyway, um, they took me on as a youth player um, 
expecting to be an apprentice. I was even put in the in the uh, local paper as the first signing of John McGrath and Laurie McNemony for his uh, for John McGrath becoming a youth coach. And um, I remember very well being playing against the first team of Southampton. Now, I'd, I grew up on the terraces at the Dell watching Terry Payne, Mike Shannon, Ron Davis, Sydenham, all the players for Southampton. And uh, they brought the youth team out onto the Dell on a Monday after a game, and we played against them. And I was marking Ron Davis, the brilliant Welsh uh, centre forward who Matt Busby from Manchester United uh, said is probably the best centre forward in the whole of Europe. And um, he was. <laughs> he was good. And the first half I did very well. And Laurie McNemony was on the field and he said, you're, you're handling Ron very good. And I think Ron was just playing with me because in the second half, I think he scored three or four goals with his head. He was an amazing header of the ball. Um, and uh, I played on with the youth team for quite a while. But then music took my life over and I thought... Um, I might end up playing for Wigan or Doncaster Rovers. Nothing to say it's bad, but I thought I haven't got the potential to go all the way. And I was falling in love with uh, with uh, music. It was really going into my heart at the age of 17 and 18. And so I pulled away from the Southampton Football Club and followed my father to America when he was working on the air bases for British Aerospace. And I dedicated myself to becoming a bass player. But I still do follow soccer like a, a, a maniac. And unfortunately, watching Southampton, even though they're in the Premiership, yes, it's a bit like that. <laughs> it's very much like that, because we're, we're, we're always hovering around the relegation zone. Anyway, uh, that's a little history of uh, what I loved as a kid. I was obsessed from probably the age of 11 onwards till about 18 or 19. I had all the team shirts of every team I could buy, even Celtic. I used to go out and play on the green and I, I was known in Millbrook in Southampton for having all what I saved up for was every shirt you could buy of a different coloured uh, colours of a football team. Yes, I was an addict, I'm afraid. And, um, and now um, I'm still an addict for music, but that's a little history. Even in my bedroom when I was a boy, I had all the stickers of all the players on the bedroom walls. It was all the, every single player from Manchester United, which was Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, uh, George Best and Connolly, all those, Stepney, I can remember them all. That shows you how obsessed I was. But anyway, back to music before I send you back to the asylum. So this Radio House Nest is a songwriter's podcast. And for any of you songwriters out there, I, I suffer with you. I understand. I understand. Well, I'm one of those veterans that had been around in Los Angeles being moved from all these different publishers. I, fe I felt like a soccer player because I was once with Zomba. Then I was Virgin, uh, EMI, Famous, uh, <laughs> ATV. Oh, I was being moved around like one of those soccer players. where They say, go here, go there, go there. We'll sell you here, transfer you here. You should work here for a while. Um, I'm mentioning this because I, I know with you songwriters out there, you, we're always trying to get uh, please our publishers, always trying to give them a hit and get them turned on. And in the late 90s, it was with the publisher, Sony Publishing, and they had a band called Wild Orchid, uh, a three-piece female vocal band, and they said, uh, they str they're struggling. We didn't get a really a successful album with them last time, and we need to get a hit. And, um, of course, you say... I'm ready! Now, I think they were being sent out to all, all the songwriters all around Los Angeles, but I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, and in this band, they had Fergie. You know, Fergie, the lead singer for Black Eyed Peas. She was part of Wild Orchid. So um, we did the demo, and I'm going to play it to you now. It really is a hidden demo. Um, I haven't played it myself for the longest time. But uh, again, on the veteran iPod, it appeared, and I thought, I should play this to uh, songwriters so they can hear how, um, how, such a chameleon, you have to, as a songwriter, always try and blend into, at that point, the band, what they feel, and what the fashion is, and what radio's playing. It's a, it's a, a juggling job, really, and sometimes you're lucky, and sometimes you're not. It was a good experience. Um, the girls came across with loads of bagels for two days, and I ate tons of bagels, and they cooked in the kitchen, as women do. So I I had a lot of good food around that time and then um, I presented this track the instrumental and uh, they went outside uh, into the garden and came back after about 10 minutes and they had uh, lyrics to it called when the water falls and I'm going to play you the original demo 
and uh, my publisher uh, felt it was very strong, and they really believed the band should put it on the on an album, on the album. But they they didn't make an album at that point, uh, and Fergie left, I believe, and went on to Black Eyed Peas. Um, and I, but they did leave a lot of food uh, at, in my kitchen, so I was paid uh, in some way. So have a listen to the demo. This is just me doing the music, and it's Fergie singing, and it's Wild Orchid. <laughs> When the Water Falls, 
a demo done with a band called Wild Orchid. At that point, even when we were working together, I could feel like Fergie was standing away from the band. And I think she had a, uh, some other plan about to happen, which it did happen. And so at that point, I f- I, even I felt like this band is probably going to fracture and Fergie's going to move on. But it was lovely to find this on the iPod because there are some songs, some collaborations you totally forget. And then suddenly at my age, you go, <laughs> my goodness, I was fed so well at that time. Okay, okay, I'll be there in a minute. What may this mean that thou, dead course again in complete steel, revisits thus the glimpses of the moon, making night hideous, and we fools of nature so horrid to shake our dispositions with thoughts beyond the reaches of our souls? Oh, God. Uh, now for something completely different. There's nothing better than Shakespeare, is there? And Mr. Uh, Richard Burton for the winter of discontent kind of feel and tone. Um, I mentioned some time back that I've been working really quite slowly uh, on a pagan Christmas album. Very different kind of sort of Christmas record that looks back to uh, the folk darkest uh, beginnings of Christmas, but still with beauty. I'm going to play you a track that I've been working on called Angel of the North. Not finished, again, just a board mix building. But I also think um, it represents that Christmas, for some people, is not as wonderful as it is for a lot of other people. Christmas can be a tough time, and it can be a very lonely time. So um, I'd like to play you this song, a brand new song, a song called Angel of the North. Angel of the North Can you hear me? Won't you let me in to your house? Cause I'm so cold And the winter has beaten me down Won't you let me track I'm working on called Angel of the North. For many people we know that Christmas is a desolate time and I tried to portray in this that wanting, 
wanting to feel the warmth and the love of the Christmas period, the longing to be part of it. Uh, there's a great uh, statue uh, in the north of England called the Angel of the North, which is uh, very inspiring and very evocative of uh, reaching out to help the people um, under the wings of the Angel of the North. Anyway, that's a new song. Uh, just working on that now. And uh, the album is going really quite well. Yes. I do wish I'd written that song to tell you the truth. Just like the ones yeah. I used to I think to if you had We Build This City, These Dreams, King of Ritual Thinking, and White Where Christmas, <laughs> I think it would be pretty good. I mentioned earlier about that Hawaiian guitar saying that you don't get much kind of snow in Hawaii. But that's probably the point. You're there wishing for snow for a white Christmas. I apologise, I totally missed the point. Well, I said it was going to be a very, very deep-diving Christmas show where I pull out all the stops and I think I'm going to play you, just listening to that white Christmas, I think I'm going to play you a crooner's song. Yes, I think it's time for me to become a crooner. And I want to play you something that I was having a lot of fun with and I was just going through the Gershwin songbook and feeling what that spirit was. Um, and I wrote a song called You Sure Look Beautiful Tonight. Very romantic. At Christmas time, you better tell your wife or your girl friend you sure look beautiful tonight otherwise you're in trouble um this is me doing a phonetic vocal so not all the lyrics are there and it's just me with the pad uh, finding these chords that reminded me of the great american songbook and so for christmas at the end of the show don't tell me i don't give you your money's worth here's a really really rough uh, beginning of a song called you sure look beautiful tonight Just the way you make time stand so still It's just the way my light upon your will It's just the way mount out of your lips It's just the way my life a simple kiss In the candlelight Perfect in my eyes Baby, you sure look beautiful tonight How you wear that dress You're simply the best Baby, you sure look beautiful Just the way you like ball to my heart It's just the way that light I fall apart It's just the way you light a room up with your eyes And how the world stops with just a smile It's plain to see and all It's just the way my life a simple kid 
the candlelight You're perfect in my eyes Baby, you sure look beautiful tonight Oh, how you wear that dress You're simply the best Baby, you sure look So you better, you better tell your wife, your girlfriend, your soulmate, you sure look beautiful tonight, this Christmas, or you'll be in the doghouse. That's a phonetic vocal demo, um, which means I'm making sounds more than lyrics, so they can find the odd sound, and uh, every now and then a lyric points its way. I, I do this with the live vocal, and I find rhymes uh, within rhymes. Uh, it's more about sound for me and, and performance. So I um, thought I would do that as a gift here at the end of the year show, play you something that I was hiding away, hiding away, um, me being um, Bing Crosby. At Christmas, a crooner, tea boiling, and Bing Crosby. Uh, what could be warmer at Christmas? Um, I'm come to the end of the show, and I had a great time. I really hope that you heard a few tracks there and bips and bobs that you enjoyed. Um, I had great fun. I tried to play some things which were a little bit uh, deeper in the vault and in the archives. And uh, can we just hear him one more time? I, I do. I do need to hear him. <laughs> Oh, Iger, that is really deep and incredibly sexy. My knees wobbled for a second. Oh, yeah, don't do it again. I don't think I could take it. Now, I've got control of myself again, and I just want to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas and uh, a happy New Year. Stay healthy, be strong, and be positive as much as you possibly can. Listen to good music. That's always helpful. I have to thank Vanessa Levitt and Brian Levitt. Um, They've helped me again put uh, this year together with all the um, social media which I have no idea about Um, but Vanessa has been incredible and um, thank you Vanessa thank you Brian gotta thank David Knight uh, my painter of the senses up there in Canada somewhere Guelph I think it's called Guelph Uh, a very famous but unusual little place Um, thank you David for being your brilliant self and I've got to thank my manager uh, I always say uh, the long-suffering manager I call her Titch uh, Diane S Sydney Poncha and uh, I've got to thank her for doing some of the shows with me here through the year and also being just bloody brilliant and I've got to thank the philosopher cat Bootsy <laughs> where will we be without Bootsy floundering floundering in the darkness of space so thank you Bootsy again um Got to say again, thank you to all you owl heads out there and all the people that support my music. You've written me some wonderful emails and you've been so encouraging. Uh, it makes it really all worth it for this English songwriter here somewhere in California. I do really appreciate your encouragement and uh, I feel like I'm, you know, close to you guys. I know a few of you pretty well. Thank you so much for making my job lovelier. I never go without saying please, please be compassionate to all the innocent animals out there. We have dominion over them, so let's be good overseers. And Happy New Year and Happy Christmas, and I will see you again in the Owl's Nest. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. I go, I go. I think it's time you found yourself a a girlfriend. Come on now. Very sexy, though, I must admit.